name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. When it comes to a club, what comes to mind? A party club? A book club? Maybe fight club? What if I told you that there is a travel club out there for you to learn and discover amazing places all over the world, verified and approved by real people in an amazing community? I am so honored to have on Sam, co-founder of Well-Traveled Club, where she created an amazing travel club to serve the conscious traveler who works hard and cares deeply about how and where they're spending their hard-earned cash and time. Welcome, Sam. Did I miss anything? That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Thank you. I am as well. I love to start off every episode with a little bit of your background, other jobs you've had, other places you've lived, just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. Absolutely. So there's a couple things I like to tell people about myself or that you should know about me. And the first is that I took my first international flight when I was just six months old. Um, wow. Yeah, kind of unusual. And you know, what's funny is my husband is from Iowa, he's from Iowa City. And we were talking about this the other day. And he was like, I think I was like 18 when I first left the country. So just very different <laughs> backgrounds. Like I was really exposed to travel from a really, really young age. And the second thing I like to tell people is I'm actually, I sound, I sound very American, but I am not American. Um, I'm an immigrant. I was born in England. And I lived there until I was 10. Um, and when we came over from the UK to, to the US, um, I had a British accent. I had my Spice Girls backpack. I had my Union Jack shirt. And when you walk into a fifth grade classroom <laughs> with that as your sort of like first entrance, you are definitely not cool. Uh, <laughs> that's okay though you're yeah. not alone my husband was in the same place he was born in England moved to this country when he was about 11 and his accent's a bit mixed so okay. I want to say there is absolutely nothing 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 wrong with that that's funny okay so yeah I think it's it's one of those things where I wish I'd kept it but I think I was so self-conscious about it as a kid I would try to get rid of it and I would like practice this American accent and so over time, now I sound very American. And my sister, she was a couple years younger. She kept hers. She went back to, to um, England for school. And both my parents have their accents. But in any case, um, wish I still had it. Although sometimes I've been told it comes back. My husband says it comes back and I'm really mad at him. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I tell that story because I, I grew up traveling. I was really fortunate. It was something that was really important to both of my parents. So my mom was actually a travel agent when she was younger. And my dad uh, would travel three weeks or so out of the month uh, for work. So I think because it was so important to them and such a big part of their lives, they were just like, okay, well, these kids are just going to fit into what we want to do. We're going to expose them to new places, different places, and they're just going to come along for the ride. Um, and I'm really grateful for that because it's clearly, as I'm sure we'll get into it, had um, an effect on, you know, who I am and then kind of who I've become today. Um, and so when I was, you know, going into school, spending time in college, I made a point to study international business. 
also studied marketing. And I, I thought the way those two things um, connected and sort of like marketing internationally is really interesting. There's so many cultural nuances and things you have to be aware of. I always found that really fascinating. So my, my first job out of college was not in travel, <laughs> but um, it was at this ad tech company and I just, you know, kind of hit the ground running there. I was like first person in, last person out, always raising my hand for different opportunities. And so when this opportunity came up to help run or really lead and help grow the marketing organizations internationally as the company was expanding, I raised my hand and was like, me, I have to do this. So I got that job. And honestly, the, the rest is kind of history. I, I built my career prior to joining or prior to launching Well Traveled, um, really in helping different brands and different companies launch and grow their marketing operations overseas. And that was, you know, honestly, it was so much fun. <laughs> I got to... That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I, I, first of all, I love your story. It just reminds me so much of my husband. It's unbelievable because his parents are British and he didn't lose his accent a hundred percent, but his sisters are younger and don't really have the accent, but he too tried to fit in. So I think you really aren't alone in that sense. I'm sure plenty of other listeners can relate to that in some shape, way, or form. But I love how you thought about your life with travel and how your parents said, oh no, you're conforming to our life and you've embraced it to the fullest. And you've had parents that love to travel, love to do things, and just really love to explore the world, right? And you've been able to grow your life to do international business and marketing. So for any college listeners, I think that's a great way to segue into the world and learn about something else to really, right, getting you to Well Travel Club. So with all of that being said, what made you come up with this idea and start Well Traveled Club? Yeah, so all of this is kind of like building into that aha moment, as people say. And so the, the thing is, is when I was traveling, all the, I, was, I was traveling all the time, like once a month internationally at one point for these different companies. And most of the time I was traveling by myself, so I was, you know, in my early 20s, um, traveling to these different places alone. And I, I always wanted to make sure that I was seeing the outside of a conference room. Because <laughs> I think so many times when people um, go on business trips, they're, they end up just staying in, you know, an office the whole time. They don't get to explore. So I purposely would bake in an extra, like, Friday or Saturday and try to, like, get out. And even if I had 24 hours or 12 hours, like, go out and explore these cities um, since it was such a privilege to be able to be there. Um However, you know, traveling as a woman by myself, if I was going to, you know, put on pants and leave my hotel room and go get dinner by myself, like in Paris, I wanted to make sure that the place I was going to had been, you know, vetted by other women like me um, that had had a good experience there and it felt like a safe neighborhood. And um, I found that incredibly difficult to find that kind of information or, or finding people to connect with and get that feedback. And so I would sort of spend a lot of time researching. I felt like I spent all this time trying to figure out where to go and I'm wasted all this time. And I just thought like, how has nobody cracked this nut yet? Like, why are we still using all these tools that were really designed like 20 years ago? And then I started digging into this a little bit more. And what's really fascinating is that the majority of travel companies that exist today were, were really all founded by men. Um, and they have mostly male, male CEOs. But when you look at the folks that are really controlling the purchasing power in this space, it's women. 
Um, we account for the majority of leisure travelers. We make the majority of decisions around travel. And I just thought, well, no wonder I can't find something that feels like it was made for me because none of these platforms were made for me. They were not designed with me as the end consumer in mind. Um, so when we thought about how to approach well-traveled, I really wanted it to be a brand and a platform built around community, trust, and authentic connection, things that were really important to me, but also as I started to talk to more and more women about this, things that were really important to them. Um, so that, that really kind of shaped a lot of how we think about um, just travel in general and how social it is, but also just, you know, thinking it through like, if I'm someone, I think just how we get information has changed. If I'm someone like a woman who's traveling by myself, I don't necessarily want to hear from like brands or hotels anymore. I want to hear from other women like me. I love that, by the way. I just want to stop you for one second because I think that's so, 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 so important, especially for any women listening to this, because I think a lot of times as males, right? I think of someone like my husband, he's 6'3", right? He's tall. And for him as a guy, you don't worry about being alone at night. You don't have to worry about these things that women worry about, right? We worry about being alone. We worry if somewhere is a safe area, not a safe area, who could we trust? What's going to happen to me? You think of that in such a different light. And I love that you really started this club with true passion and your why to really help women, right? And have a solid community of people that you could really trust. And it's not just, you know, trusting any source, right? Anybody could write anything out there, but you are really going to people that you like, know, and trust ultimately to give you recommendations. So you can feel safe, you can feel confident, and you know that you can travel alone and not have to worry as much as you thought you might have to worry. So I love that. I want to talk through Well-Traveled Club in terms of tell me, right? And I want you to not just sell me, but sell the listeners too. Tell me how it works, right? When you sign up, what's included in the cost, what is in Well-Traveled Club that they can find on there that maybe you can't find on other websites. Like talk me through some of this because I'm sure myself and listeners would love to know more details about Well-Traveled Club. Yeah, absolutely. So the way it works today is we have both a desktop platform and we recently launched our mobile app, um, which I'm really excited about. And the idea is you can apply to join the club. Uh, you'll get approved. Usually, like, it, we have a bit of a backlog, but we try to get to people within, you know, a few days. Sometimes it's as long as a week, but it, it, it shouldn't be at this point. Um, and then you get a two-week trial to really come in and explore and play around because we want you to feel like immersed and that you can enjoy the content and try to like connect with folks and then make a decision if you want to stay. Um, it's priced at $150 a year right now. Um, or as we like to say, it's about the price of like, you know, four or five airport coffees. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I want to point out about how the platform works that's really different to a lot of other sites you're going to see out there is most travel websites, you land on the homepage and there's just a big search bar. Um, that puts a lot of pressure and work on the consumer to figure out what they want um, or try to search for you know, the right thing or the right place or whatever. And what we've found is that that, that pain point around where do I want to go based on the customer journey of someone planning a trip actually starts a lot earlier 
Um, especially for women, like we're looking to get inspired. We're looking to browse content. We're looking to see what other people are up to. So the site is going to look a lot more like Pinterest than it does a typical travel platform. And the idea behind that is, you know, we collect some information about you when you join the club about, you know, the types of trips you like to take, who are you traveling with? Is it, you know, family, friends, a pet, whomever, um, so that we can serve you not just relevant content, but also help you find other members on the platform that you might want to connect with or that you might want to browse their recommendations or read some of their reviews and get inspired that way. Because I think what you're seeing in travel is like, oftentimes it's, it's less like, okay, I know I want to go to this destination and I want to spend exactly this much money and I know what hotel and I know all the things I want to do. And sometimes that does happen. But I think what you're seeing now is people really want to just go and have an awesome experience and they're kind of open to where that could be because they don't know. Um, so we want to help you, you know, maybe you were thinking about going to Mykonos, but you don't know that there's also like these incredible other Greek islands that you might want to explore or like places in Italy that you hadn't heard of. So trying to help you just sort of like discover new people and places. It's like one of our taglines. Um, and so that's like how it kind of like works as you sort of come in your initial customer journey. Um, in terms of what you're getting for your membership, obviously you're getting access to all this content. We have some planning tools that are available. If you download the mobile app, one of my favorite features is you can actually just see around you what spots have been added and, and vetted by members um, to take you through to that next step of your travels. If you want to book your trip with us, which there's really no pressure to do that. It's just a, uh, like a, an added bonus and part of your membership. You can book accommodations with us. And whenever you do that, whenever you book through us, book through a partner, um, you're going to get a welcome gift from us. You'll always get a little note in your hotel room. You'll oftentimes get like a room upgrade. Um, sometimes we'll get you credit to the hotel. Um, all these kind of like fun extras. But to me, actually, what I've seen be the most important thing is this like, we've got your back. Because again, going back to that trust theme, right? When you book through like, hotels.com or booking.com or whatever, you, it's usually like a pretty bad experience and the customer service is essentially non-existent. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've had some stories myself and my husband, yeah. so I totally get that. I feel like everyone's got that one story of just like bizarre things <laughs> happening. Like we landed in London one time and our hotel like reservation being completely canceled and we're in a different hotel. Yeah, Very my bizarre. husband went through that when he did a business trip to Seattle. Very same thing and had to like call them and it was somebody out of India and – it was just a nightmare. So I try to tell people don't book them unless you have like a serious, serious reason. But I just think to your point, people want that that white glove experience, right? I think that's what people look for. And so the fact that you can offer that with those little touches, I mean, who wouldn't want to book through Well-Traveled Club, right? Totally. I mean, I think people just want to be seen and like like see that like we, we actually care about them. Like we're real people. And so, you know, in the off chance that things do go wrong, which look, it happens. Like I think a lot of these hotels are still dealing with staffing issues and it, it, it it's travel, right? I think like every trip yes. I go on, something goes wrong. <laughs> um, but they can know that they can shoot us a quick text or call us and we'll, we'll make it right. Um, we'll get on the phone with our hotel partner. We'll talk to someone. We'll, we'll make sure that it's just like we've got your back because you're part of our club. You're part of our community. And we want you to have an incredible experience. And so we're there to like help, help support with that. So I think that's been one of the biggest 
value adds for people when they actually do book with us. hundred percent. And then the last thing I'll say is this is where we're at today. <laughs> so we're a very new startup, but you know, as we keep building and growing in the future, like I've said this before, like we're not really building like a maps app. Like I really want this to feel like a membership club, like a community, like we're talking clubhouses in different cities. I want like airport lounges, like we're doing some limited edition merch drops, hosting events, and even talking about doing some like member trips, because that's something that there's been a lot of interest around that. And just really bringing that online community offline is going to be like the second life or like the next extension of of well-traveled in the brand. I think that's so cool. That's all amazing. I love everything that you're including. And even like I said, that white glove touch and just that human interaction, right? I think we all want to be seen and heard. And the fact that you're really able to help people and build that like, know, and trust type of community is spectacular. I really want to go into something that I think a lot of people might be curious about, myself included. Talk to me about your verification process, right? Not only, of course, adding members, but when it comes to hotel partners or adding other cities, because I've noticed you always, I follow an Instagram which by the way, everybody has to check out all her Instagram and everywhere that Sam is on with Well-Traveled Club. The aesthetics are so incredible and so beautiful that everyone, you're just inspired to go everywhere, literally. And I love that you seem to always incorporate like a new city and you talk about this eat, sleep and play. So talk to me, what is it like to onboard right a new city or a hotel partner just as much as it is to, well, excuse me, verify both of that? Yeah, it's a good question. So when we, I'll start with the destination launches. So the way that the, the site is structured right now is we have these sort of like feature destinations. We've got around like 75 or so. Um, we're making some updates to make it easier for people to just add content or places that they've been from all over the world. But then we're still sort of like helping pick, you know, a few places to launch each quarter that we can really feature and show some like curated content um, and have sort of like this splash landing page and things like that. Um, and how we do that is, is, and how we pick which destination it is really through member feedback. Um, we ask people all the time, whether it's email surveys, Instagram, interviews with members. It's like one of my favorite things to do is interviews with members because they're just so amazing and so excited about what we're building and it's really energizing. Um, and so they will share <laughs> what the places that they want to see next. And I would say like, it's one of those things where it's a really good problem to have, but we definitely get feedback of like, okay, I love the site. Like when is this destination launching? When is this destination launching? So I think, you know, as we grow the business and scale, you know, our team and even think about bringing on more sort of local ambassadors, which we do have a program um, right now called our insider program, where we really leverage members that are on the ground in different destinations to help us build out that content. Um, And so that's really how we approach launching these new destinations. And we try to do a balance between domestic and international and just kind of keep a pulse on like what's going on in terms of like any particular trends. Like, for example, I think everybody was in Europe this summer because, you know, being being prevented from doing that for a while, it was this massive resurgence. And even in the past like month or so, I think just with the strength of the dollar compared to like the UK and, and and the euro, Um, we've seen a lot of people sort of book these last minute trips, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then as your second question around the hotels, so it's actually, it's really interesting. So when we first launched this, like, like a year and a half ago, we were kind of like, we'll do everything. We'll book every property. Like we can take care of it all. 
And then what started to happen is um, there would be situations where we'd have a member that would say, you know, I want to book this property and we'd never heard of it. We'd never booked with them before. We couldn't really vouch for them. And we were kind of like, mm, I don't, you know, we're, we're not super comfortable booking this property. Like we've never had a member stay here. They're not being super responsive. Are you sure you want to do this? And uh, on occasion, the member would say, yes, I do. And we're like, okay. And then they would have a bad experience. And then we were like, okay, well, that doesn't work. Um, and if the hotel is not going to work with us to make sure that the member is going to have a good experience, then that's just not, that's not how we, we want to make um, these kinds of reservations for members. So we, we kind of rethought how we wanted to approach that. And so now we really only work with partners that we have vetted that we know are going to be great partners for our members. They're going to treat them right. If something does go wrong, because again, sometimes stuff goes wrong, they'll make it right um, and work with us to make it right um, so that we can kind of ensure that our members are having these really good experiences because that's like what it's all about, you know? So that's been a slight, um, I would say that was like something we learned early and then we're able to it quickly to make sure that we could still maintain the, the quality of experience that we wanted people to have. I think that's important though. I, I do think when you think about things, you really want to project quality because it's your name on the line too, right? You don't want to be associated with a bad hotel or a bad restaurant or even a bad experience right. and somebody be really upset about that. You really want to take pride to know that, okay, this is you know, verified. This is something that we like, know, and trust. And we're excited to tell you all about it versus yeah. being skeptical and not knowing and feeling a little flustered about it. And it just, the, it, the experience doesn't go as planned. So right. I think that's amazing how you vet it. And I love that you are learning. I think we are all learning. We are all growing. We are all prospering in life and in business, of course. And the fact that you were able to learn from mistakes and make them even better, right? And just grow well-traveled club to be something even more probably than what you imagined, I mm -hmm. think is phenomenal. So I love that. I want to get into your three words for each new city that you put on your Instagram. You do eat, sleep, and play, mm -hmm. right? You've had, you talk about one eat, so one restaurant, one sleep, which is one hotel, and one play, which is typically like a tour. What made you come up with those three words? And is there a meaning or importance behind that for every city you feature? Yeah. So we wanted to try to keep our data architecture as clean as possible. And so we, when we were building out the platform, I was looking at a bunch of different um, like travel sites, travel apps, like even looking at things like OpenTable and Resi and TripAdvisor and just trying to figure out like how are they structuring this content to make it easy for people to find it. And we, you know, for better or worse, picked these three categories as kind of these like big buckets um, of things to do. Um, it was important for us that hotels really have their own category since there's just a lot of um, different things that are going on there, right? You can book the hotel through the platform. We have partners. We have like, you know, verified partners. And that's how we know if it's a partner and how the member knows if it's a partner or not. Um, and then, you know, with, with restaurants, we wanted to make sure that was kind of its own category. And then with play... I think it's really good. We could have gone down like a rabbit hole here and built out like a bunch of different options within this because right now it's kind of covering like bars, uh, nightlife, outdoor activities, tours, um, anything kind of that isn't falling into that restaurant or hotel category because those tend to be like really specific things that people are looking for. Now, what happens is when you start to dive into those categories a little bit deeper, we've built out subcategories. So for restaurants, it's typically like the type of cuisine 
uh, for hotels. It's like, is it a boutique hotel? Is it a Marriott property? That kind of thing. Um, and then for play, it's like exactly what I said. Is it a wine bar? Is it, you know, nightlife? Is it an outdoor activity? And then we've even taken it a level further uh, with tags so that you could find if something is woman-owned, if it's BIPOC-owned, if it is pet-friendly, if it is, you know, got a great view. Um, all the things that people candidly, like, really care about, um, especially, like, during COVID, right? Like, outdoor dining, that was really important to people. So we tried to sort of filter it down in that way so that we started kind of big at the top and had these big buckets of categories and then with each sort of like sub-level allow you to get more and more specific uh, so that you can find what you're looking for. I love that. I love that you've categorized in that way because I've worked actually in the travel agency world and it is about, you know, hotels, it's accommodations, it's of course tours or excursions, but I love the new terminology of keeping it really simple and easy for people to understand exactly what it is. Like, you know, eat, you know, it's food, yeah. you know, it's a restaurant, you know, sleep. Okay. You know, it's a bed, you know, it's a hotel and yeah. play can be to your point, a slew of things, right? Even when I talk about experience on this podcast, experiences could be so many things. I mean, I can have a list forever, but there are so many types of experiences and everybody can word play in a different way. So I just love that you've categorized it in that way and you're able to show people what each city has by just even talking about those three things. So I love that. Thank you. Another, you're very welcome. Another question I have for you, and I'm sure a lot of people might question this, right? Sam, you have a great you know, club, well, travel club, that's awesome. You built this community, but why couldn't I go on TripAdvisor? Why couldn't I go on Get Your Guide? Why couldn't I go on Expedia and read reviews, right, of any of those things that you offer, right? Like what are the biggest differences that somebody should go to your club, right, well, travel club, versus just finding stuff on their own about a city? Like I obviously I know some of the differences, but I'd love for you to tell me what are some of the biggest differences here and why – you should maybe take those with a grain of salt, maybe not read every single thing. Like, I'd love to know some of your thoughts around this. So I think it comes back to trust, right? Like that's, that's what I, this is always going to come back to in curation. So it's not that, you know, you necessarily like couldn't go and spend hours and hours and hours finding this information. However, to establish trust I think becomes the time consuming piece and what's really hard. So when I talk to, to, you know, members about this, cause I love, I love asking them like, why are you here? Why is this valuable to you? Um, that tends to be what comes up. So yeah, you can go on TripAdvisor, you can read reviews, but it tends to be like, you know, user three, two, one. And you're like, who is this person? Like, do we have the similar tastes? Do we have like anything in common? Like, I don't really know if I can trust this person. And maybe you can spend some time trying to figure it out. Um, but a lot of times that feels like time wasted, right? So again, within the platform, it's a bit different in that you can't be just like an anonymous person. Uh, you need to have, you know, your name on there, your profile picture. We link out to your socials. You can pick whether it's like a website, LinkedIn, um, Instagram. We want to make sure you're a real person. Um, and also that you're not like a business owner of this restaurant that's like pumping a bunch of fake reviews into there, right? Um, so we want to make sure you're a real person. Um, and then on your profile, we like ask you a few different questions about how you like to travel or the kinds of things that you like to do. And the whole reason for that is so that I could get, excuse me, I could then go on your profile, take a look and be like, 
okay, cool. Like this person is also really into like pasta. <laughs> like we really like, you know, traveling to Italy and we also like skiing. Like I think I would kind of vibe with the types of things she likes to do. The other thing you're going to see on people's profile is, you know, again, an aggregate of all of their activities. So if they've created new lists, if they've added new spots, if they've left reviews, and it really helps you like get to know that person. And then we encourage you to reach out to them. So you can reach out and talk to them and just ask them questions about, you know, the places that they've been. So it's, it's very much focused around human connection and like making it feel like you have a friend in each of these places or that like you can ask these people or connect with people that you have, you know, um, shared interests with. And that just is not really the focus, I think, of a lot of other platforms out there. So that's, I think, that the biggest piece is, is around the trust component. And then the second thing I would say is, I think is there's something really interesting going on right now where there's this like, there's this overwhelming amount of information for people. And it kind of creates this like paradox of choice in terms of, okay, even if you're shopping for like jeans, like I don't necessarily want to see like 10,000 pairs of jeans. Like I just want to see <laughs> like five to 10 maybe that I like and that are right for me. So it's that level of like, not just curation, but like personalization that is really missing from a lot of these other platforms. So like, okay, if let's take like Netflix, um, you know, my queue looks pretty different from my husband's. Mine's like Bridgerton, his like horrible murder shows. Or like, you know, my like Instagram feed, right? Is like puppies and travel and like home decor. My husband's like finance memes, like basketball videos, just like, it's, it's so personalized and that's just not something I'm seeing the travel industry step up and, and do. And so what we're trying to create here is a way for you to find these, these personalized recommendations, not just through, you know, these interests, but also through like the social piece and the community piece. I love, 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 love this. I think it is so important to your point. I think the travel industry is very male dominant. You know, when mm-hmm. I was looking up actually competitors for this, you know, podcast, there wasn't really any women talking about travel experiences. And it was, you know, there's a couple others that I won't name, but they are more male focused and which is great. They're wonderful podcasts, but I couldn't find a female host doing it. Mm, And I thought, well, why should I wait, you know, for maybe somebody to do this? Why couldn't I do this? Right? So I think it's this whole idea of for you, especially taking the reins on something and seeing the problem and finding a really amazing solution because women really want to feel emotional connection. That's what I feel too. And they want to be able to relate to somebody, right? One of the things, a piece of advice, like I've told my sister, she's been nervous to meet friends. Hmm. And I said, Alana, it's so easy to go up to a girl. You can just say, I like your earrings. Where'd you get Mm -hmm. them? I like your dress. Where'd you buy it? Or, you know, I love your hair. What products do you use? It's so easy to make connections like that. And I love that you create profiles specific to travel and what a traveler likes, whether it's like a knitting class, right? Or you want to do an elephant tour or whether you want to go to Greece or Italy or Thailand or wherever, it is finding that common ground with somebody. And I find that even when I travel all over the place, right, when I traveled quite a bit, especially pre-COVID, I love to meet people out because people are just friendlier when they vacation. People Mm. are more willing to be open about what they've seen or what they're (laughs) looking to do or what they might be doing. And it creates such a community and bond. And so with Well Travel Club, 
I love that you're doing that and you're creating really this special bond and this special place for people to get together, right? And for people to talk about travel in a really unique way. So I want to talk about some fun questions with you. I'd love to know three underrated cities that you think people should be checking out that they're not going to already. Oh, that's such a good question. You know, okay, this is, I don't know if it's underrated, but it's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, And it's this place called Zermatt in Switzerland. And it's probably not on the top of most people's list because it is a little bit random. I'm a really big skier, so I tend to like seek out ski destinations. However, it's also really beautiful um, in the summer. But part of what I like about it is it has this like, I don't know, this like old school charm about it. There's no cars allowed in Zermatt. So you take a train in and everything is like little golf carts or you walk around or it's like a horse and carriage. Um, and the whole thing is just like really beautiful. And you, in the wintertime, you kind of feel like you're in a snow globe. Um, that's what it feels like. <laughs> so it's this like really um, magical place. I would say another one, again, I don't know that it's necessarily overrated, but we spend, or underrated, we spend a lot of time in Portland. Um, it's a big foodie city. And I think I, I could, I don't think I could live there because of the the rain. I live in Los Angeles. I get that. <laughs> but <laughs> but we really love going. Um, so my, my husband's family is up there. So we go a lot. And one of the things I love about Portland is yes, the foodie scene, but they also have like a really beautiful wine region just outside the city. Um, and I like it because it feels like a little less, I think Napa can sometimes be really expensive and feel like a little pretentious. And so it's just a little bit more accessible, a little bit more laid back, which is kind of like the vibe that, that I really like. Um, and then I'm going to say for my third one, what do I want to pick? Oh, this is so hard. You know, I think it's kind of becoming, again, I'm not sure it's so underrated anymore, but there's, um, Toto Santos in Mexico, which is just outside of Cabo. I know everybody loves to go to Cabo and I love Cabo as well, but this is like a smaller, slightly more quiet town. It's like right on uh, the coast as well. I think it's another, maybe like 45 minutes outside of Cabo, um, and it's just a little bit more chill. It's, a, it's still like kind of up and coming, but the restaurants are amazing. Um, there's um, some really beautiful hotel properties down there. Um, and it's just like a fun place to go for like, you know, four, three, four days or something like that. Those are all great. I love hidden gems, right? And underrated places because a lot of times we think of, right, Greece and Italy and France and England and even, you know, New York and London and, uh, sorry, LA (laughs) and Miami and all these other like wonderful places. But I do think there's something to be said about smaller cities, hidden gems, underrated spots that, you know, people don't think about going to, but unless somebody says it, right, it gets your brain thinking, okay, maybe I should check out there. There's somewhere else I can go or I can tack it on as part of my trip, right? So I, I love to talk about those things. And I have two more questions for you. First question is, if you weren't in the travel industry, right, starting Well Travel Club, what do you think you'd be doing right now? You know, what's really funny. When I was a kid, I really wanted basically Cameron Diaz's job in the holiday. Um, I really wanted, (laughs) although it was slightly different, I wanted to be the person that would pick, I'm really into music. um, And so I love like um, setting like music to scenes. And so I really wanted to be that person who could 
um, like pick different music and place it for like trailers or place it for like in movie scenes. And I'm always like that friend that has the playlist. Like people are always asking me to make the playlist, things like that. And I've just, I've always had this sort of like eclectic and broad taste in, in music. And so when I was younger, that's what I always, that, that, I didn't even, I don't know how I figured out that that was a job, but like, I just thought it would be really cool. Um, so I think I would like, if I was going pie in the sky, like if I wasn't doing this, I would maybe do that or honestly, probably building another company because I feel like I just love building things. I love like managing a team. I love creating things. Um, and so that's, I think, you know, kind of how I came from startup life and then wanted to like build something of my own. I love that. I think that's so fun. And I, I was just very curious because I think it's always fascinating, right? When people do a particular business or they're in a particular kind of lifestyle and then you think about other things that you could do. So definitely wanted to ask that. And my last question before we slowly wrap up, I ask this question as tour guides of how do you want people to feel after they experience your tour? But I'm going to word it a little bit differently where I want to know how do you want people to ex- like feel when they experience well-traveled club, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they're in there looking at it or even just talking about it with their friends and family and colleagues and whoever. I want people to feel energized. I want them to feel, I feel like so many people feel like travel planning is really like draining and frustrating and like they go through all these hoops to try to find things to do. They feel all this pressure to go to the perfect restaurant, get the perfect Instagram picture. Honestly, none of that matters. I want you to feel like if you come to Well Travel, you can rest assured that you know you're going to have an awesome experience. And so I want people to feel like energized and excited about exploring the world. I love that. And Sam, I could probably talk to you forever, but of course, all good things have to come to an end. But I can't thank you enough for coming on, talking about Well-Traveled Club, a little bit of your background, which I love your story, and just really everything leading up to this, which is your business, right? Your baby, (laughs) and bringing it into a light where it is so women-focused and women-thought-driven. I love that women are really at the forefront. To your point, I believe believe the statistic is about 75% of women are planning trips. They are making the decisions, and they are the ones who are the holders, right, of booking trips for themselves, their colleagues, their friends, their family, even solo. So I love that we've talked about so many things and even underrated cities as well. I'd love for you to just shamelessly plug away your website, all your social, and most importantly, how can people be part of the Well-Traveled Club? Yes, absolutely. So you can find us at welltraveledclub.com. We are also, like I said, our app recently just launched. We are in the app store um, on iOS. So uh, that's, again, search for Well Travel Club. And then social uh, Well Travel Club on Instagram and TikTok if you want to watch me act a fool, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, so those are the best places to find us. And you can apply on the website at welltravelclub.com um, and mention this show. We'll give you guys a, a code or something you can use. Um, and we'll make sure you can skip the wait list. Amazing. Again, Sam, thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about? Whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online, on our website, 
at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.